Whether you're catching flights, feelings, or both this summer, you may want to listen to the rest of this episode to get some tips on how to be safe and how to build community and on how to afford your enjoyment abroad. But what do I know? Can, for the women that are wanting to live, you know, like soft lives and be ladies of leisure, can you be a budget traveler and still enjoy or are you like roughing it up? Mm, okay <laughs> i'm gonna say i am very low maintenance in the way okay, that, that i live sense. my life yeah, yeah, yeah. and i yeah. know like i know okay because i want to travel as much as i do i know that there's mm-hmm. sacrifices involved with that and a lot of times right. your comfort is the thing that kind of gets sacrificed in order for you to save some money so yeah 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 so okay <laughs> i'm gonna be taking like i've taken like 16 plus hour long bus rides in order to not have to um in order to not have to like pay the extra whatever for a flight even though a flight would be mm. cheaper i mean faster and more comfortable i've opted for a longer bus ride because it saves me money this is but what do i know podcast which hits suzanne a space for affirming for learning and for healing a podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Boaduano podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode. It's Wednesday, and we've got, you know, just the right episode to get you through the rest of this week. And I'm really excited for our main segment conversation. I feel like the weather's getting nicer. We're taking breaks. We're going on vacation. We're traveling. And I think a lot of y'all are going to appreciate our conversation with our guest, but of course, before we get there, if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, you know, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. I hope that you enjoy this podcast episode and that you enjoy our main segment conversation. Of course, make sure that you are, you know, liking, subscribing, following on whatever streaming platform it is that you used to listen. If you're enjoying the content, this just lets the algorithms know, you know, hey, I'm enjoying this content. Please push it to other potential listeners. And of course, for our day ones who have been here listening since, what, 2020, 2021, I appreciate you and, you know, thank you for sticking around. Of course, you can also check out our visuals for our main segment conversations on YouTube. If you just type in, you know, but what do I know podcast on YouTube, our podcast page, as well as most of our main segment conversations will show up. So if you want to see what I look like, what the guests look like, you want to kind of get a bit more of a visual feel to our conversations, those are definitely up there. You can check those out as well and also subscribe to the podcast YouTube channel as well. Now, I must say our download slash listenership for this podcast in the last four or five months has just increased right before my eyes. And I'm just like, whoa, okay. Like we are hitting thousands of listeners every month and I'm mad excited. And this is just, you know, an encouragement to listeners who are listening and enjoying the content. Please, I do not bite. Please get on the podcast Instagram page at BWDIK podcast and just, you know, send me a message if you are enjoying our content. I'm definitely enjoying hearing some feedback from, you know, our regular listeners and those who I 
instead of telling, okay, yeah, she's enjoying it. He's enjoying it. They're letting me know. But, you know, I can see that there are a lot of people that are listening and continuously listening. But I want to hear from y'all, too. So don't don't be scared. I don't bite. I'm definitely <laughs> looking forward to just, you know, hearing the good things y'all think about our episodes, the feedback, the ideas like I'm down for it all. So that is how you can connect with us, you know, at BWDIK podcast. If you want to, you know, share, be engaged, see some real some BTS content. It's all there on the Instagram page as well. All right, let's go ahead and get into our crew segment for this episode. So we're going to start off our clue segment for this episode with a little bit of politics. This is just a reminder for our listeners here in the city of Toronto that our mayoral by-election will be held on June 26th. So yes, we're, you know, going through an election cycle right now. We're going to be voting for a new mayor for the city of Toronto on June 26th. And right around now, if you're in Toronto, you've probably heard about what? <laughs> 100 plus candidates that are running. Everybody and your mama's running at this point. Most of Toronto is running to be the new mayor. Um, but yes, we will be we will be voting on June 26th. Advanced voting actually begins June 8th to June 13th. That's when you receive your, you know, your voting cards in the mail. That's when you can go to advanced polling stations um, and all that. And then on June 26th, you can vote across. I believe it's about 50 voting locations throughout the city. And um, I believe we have one more episode before the actual election date. So I'll give more information on voting locations, some candidates, and we can kind of get more into it in our next clue-in segment um, to give you all a little bit more information before voting day. But yeah, this has definitely been an interesting mayoral election. It's been hard to kind of pick out who stands out because you're just so many people running. But I'm definitely looking at Chloe Brown, definitely looking at Mitzi Hunter and the strategies and the platforms that are being put forward by these women are really good and really strong. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what happens. And I hope one of them wins at this point. They all have really good strategies, really good platforms. I'm still really, really, really hoping that Chloe Brown becomes the forerunner. But right now it's looking like it's Olivia Chow. So yeah, I will keep you all updated in our next clue in segment and we can get a little bit more into it. But um, yeah, make sure that you're paying attention and that you are ready to vote on June 26th here in the city of Toronto. All right. So for the next thing that I want you all to clue into for this episode, this is a book recently turned movie. So the book is called The Perfect Find by Tia Williams. And me and my girlfriend Estelle, we actually lead um, an Instagram book club page called Rooted in Books. So if you're interested in that, feel free to go follow us on Instagram. I can put the information in the description of this episode. But that is where we talk about books. We read books. We listen to books. And um, we're starting to, you know, get into doing lives and getting the authors to come on and chat with us about the book. So we've been reading Tia Williams's The Perfect Find. And I've been enjoying it. I've been listening to it because, you know, I'm able to listen to the audiobook while I work. I'm enjoying it. Um, and without giving away any spoilers, it's about a woman that sort of, you know, she leaves her long-term relationship. She is just trying to kind of start over. And then it's kind of, you know, having a little bit of fun and then it's finding love slash a fling in an unexpected place. <laughs> and um, I'm still making my way through it. I haven't completed it yet, but I'm definitely enjoying it so far. It's very much a nice like summer, summer romance, summer fling type book. So I definitely recommend it. And Netflix is turning it into a movie. So Estelle and I are definitely planning a watch party for the podcast audience. But what do I know? But also our Rooted in Books 
community on that Instagram page. So we're planning a watch party and we're definitely going to have an episode where we get into the movie where we talk about it. I'm really, really, really excited. So if you haven't checked out the book, definitely check it out. You still have some time before the movie comes out, but I would recommend you read the book before you watch the movie. And then when you watch the movie, you know, come to the podcast and we're going to be chatting all about it. So check it out and clue into Tia Williams's The Perfect Find. All right, so onto some music. This week, I don't have a song of the week for us because I'm trying to find another, you know, outside jam for us. I'm trying to find a track that the girls can, you know, catch a vibe to while they're at brunch or at a day party. And I know right now I feel like artists are starting to put out their their outside and summertime music. But I do have two projects to share so that you all can clue into for this week. The first is Claire to the Soft Life EP by Summer Walker. She released this, I believe, two weeks ago. It was May 19th. And I'm enjoying it. I haven't made my way completely through the EP. I'm still sort of returning to some songs I really like. Then I'll get into a new one. And that's kind of how I'm like making my way through this project. But I really love Two Summer from J. Cole and Audio Hug. J. Cole's verse, the man did not disappoint. Like that verse is fire. Um... I'm enjoying Pull Up. I love it. I also like the visuals that went along with that. Summer is really like, she's creative. And I love that she is just, she's raw. She gets to kind of play around with the content, the vocals, instrumentalization on the Claire EP. So I definitely am enjoying the project and I'm excited to kind of make my way through and complete it. And the second one is a single by a local Toronto artist. I've spoken about her before on this podcast. She goes by the name of Zen Soul. Love her artistry and just her vibe. It's again very R&B neo soul. And um, this song is called Pain No Percocet. It's very, very, very beautiful. It's very slow. It's calm. Um, And, you know, she's just sort of singing about how deep pain can be and her vocals do not disappoint. So, yeah, go ahead and check her out. She's a local Toronto artist, Zen Soul. And, um, you know, also check out the Claire 2, the Soft Life EP by Summer Walker. All right. So with that, we are going to head into our main segment conversation for this episode. This conversation, I'm excited because we're getting to talk about travel again. It's summertime. The girls outside, we're taking breaks from work. We're on break from school. We're traveling. We're making plans. And so this was a really fun episode because we're getting to talk about travel, how to, you know, be safe when you travel. What are some good travel tips? What it's like to be a digital nomad. And I'm so grateful to our guest, Diani, for, you know, coming on and sharing all that she did. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So for our main segment for this episode, we are getting back into our traveling bag. I'm so excited. It's been a minute since we talked about traveling on the podcast. Um, And so today I have Diani Hall to talk all things travel, solo travel, budget travel, and even being a digital nomad. Um, So Diani Hall is a budget traveler and a digital nomad. She's also a fellow podcaster. She's the founder and host of the While She's Away podcast, where she and her guests, you know, share advice for women who want to live their best lives traveling around the world. So, Yanni, welcome to the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, thank you so much for being a very warm and welcome guest already. So <laughs> I'm excited to get into this. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And it's so interesting hearing your intro back to yourself. 
But um, thank you so much for having me. And I'm happy to be here and share some of my travel insights and experiences with with your listeners. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Girl, you the guest in this house. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and start off with your journey. Like, I know we talked a little bit about this, you know, off mic, but what made you want to start traveling and not just traveling like, oh, I'm going to take one or two trips. Girl, you are taking several trips now <laughs> around the world, visiting several countries. So what made you want to, you know, what gave you the travel bug, if you will? Yeah, that's a really great question because I wasn't really raised around a lot of travel um, to go all the way back. My parents immigrated, well, my dad immigrated to the U.S. from Guatemala. Um, so travel was more something out of necessity than it was as a joy or a privilege to be able to you know, explore the world. Um, and so we did kind of like the regular trips when I was younger. We would go to Florida and stuff in the U.S. and um, things like that. But for some reason, all through high school, I'd really wanted to travel. And I went to a um, Christian high school. I was raised super Christian. And they did missions trips, which are now um, questionable and yeah, very girl, questionable. I went on one of those two and now, yeah, I questioned those two. Very, very, yeah. very questionable. But moving past that, mm -hmm. um, I did one of those and we went to Honduras and I was 14 years old. Um, and it was the first time that I had been outside of the U.S. and I'd got to see different things and we couldn't even talk to our family or friends for nine days. And so I was on that trip and I knew people who were like sad and missing family. And I was so in my element. I was like happy to be exploring, experiencing, seeing different things. I was truly fascinating just like driving in the car looking out the window seeing the nature in different aspects um and i think it was that that kind of sparked it for me and ever since then i had been trying to figure out how i was going to make this more of my reality um and i remember like looking into the peace corps um that i could do but like that was more of a long-term thing that i wasn't sure if i wanted to commit to um i had wanted to study abroad when i was in university but it was really expensive um, and so there was a lot of different things that I had wanted to try, but it never really panned out. And so I graduated university with my degree in psychology, and I was on the path to get my master's in social work. And about a month before that program was supposed to start, I was like, actually, hold the brakes. I'm not going to do that. I'm going <laughs> to stop. I'm going to drop out. I had picked my classes and everything. And I was like, we're not going to do that. Uh, instead, I'm going to spend the next year saving up as much money as I can, and we're going to go backpack. Um, and yeah, I had to tell my family and friends that. And eventually, I got on a flight to India all by myself, and that was my first solo trip. And I did four months throughout Southeast Asia. But I think that first craving, that first wanting to travel came from, yeah, that trip to Honduras. And I had thought that the backpacking the four months would just be like a quick thing that I did and then I would go back to living normally. And it just didn't, it didn't pan out that way because here we are four years later. <laughs> wow. So how did the conversation with your family go when you, you know, you sort of said, hey, that program, not a thing anymore. <laughs> how did that go? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, I think that was one of the things that gave me major anxiety before before yeah. going on that trip. Of course, there were all the other fears, but that was like the biggest thing because I was first and first and second generation American. And, you know, my 
parents had never really been gifted the opportunity of going to university or getting a master's degree and all of these things. And so there was a lot of kind of guilt around that, first Mm. of all, of, you know, my dad came here, he's worked really hard for me to be able to get an education and I'm giving that up to do what? Um, Travel girl. Yeah. That's what you're giving it up for. (laughs) Travel, which is a value, has its value, but I think where I was in life, it just didn't make sense um, to them. Mm. But I sat them down and I was really scared. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to do this instead of getting my master's. And I think at the time I had said like, I'm just going to do this really quick and I'm going to come back. So there was like a promise of after, you know, I'll do it. Um, But shockingly, they were super supportive. They were like, as long as you do what makes you happy. Granted, I was funding it all myself. So there's really not that much they could have said because I was going to do it anyway. Um, But they were shockingly really supportive. And they're like, if this is what's going to make you happy and you want to do it, you go ahead. I think they were just more concerned about my safety because I was going to India, like the other side of the world. And um, they were just concerned about my safety, but they were actually, they were actually really supportive. Okay. That's amazing. Um, So I guess, you know, based off of that conversation that you had, and maybe that's one of these moments, but, um, here on, you know, on the Boaduano podcast, we explore moments where we've thought to ourselves, like, but what do I know about this particular facet of life? But what do I know about being a digital nomad or mm-hmm. traveling, you know, and sort of traveling frequently and adding this to my lifestyle? Um, so I'm wondering if you ever had any of those moments and how you sort of overcame that. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm. In in short, yes, because um, because I didn't know anything. I think I had mm. never, like I said, I had never solo traveled before. I had never backpacked before. Like this was a whole new space, a whole new world to me. That yeah. I was doing as much research as I could, but I lacked experience. Um, so I didn't know anything, and there was a lot of self-doubt, a lot of hesitation that came with that. And I remember specifically like one moment. um, So to give a more context, I had been living with an ex-partner and Mm. we were supposed to travel South America together originally, but I had been saving money because I was really intent on this, on this journey. And they hadn't been saving money because they didn't have the funds. um, But I also just think it was less of a priority to them. So then when we did like a check-in a few months later, they said, oh, you know, like I need more time. I don't have the money. And that was kind of the moment that I made the decision to go alone. Um, So Mm. I ended that relationship. I left the apartment we had. I like packed up my whole life and put it in boxes. And so there was kind of a lot at stake. You know, there was a lot that I was giving up to to do this, (laughs) you know? Girl, Yeah. Give up a partner, your things, put it in storage, and I'm out. <laughs> all of it, all of it. I was like, I'm just packing up and I'm going. And that's how much of a priority it was to me. So I think at that point, it didn't really matter um, how much I knew and all those fears. It was just something that was like, I really want to try this. I really want to do this. And then mm-hmm. I think it was also like, what's the worst case scenario? You know, what's the worst case scenario? Like, maybe not like I get kidnapped and killed but like the worst case scenario that i can manage is like um i get there and you know i'm really not happy and i'm really not enjoying it i have enough Mm. money to book a flight back home 
and right. maybe I'm like really uncomfortable or I get food. Like I was in India, so maybe I'll, I get like food poisoning or something, you know, like I'm trying to think of all the things that like could possibly happen that potentially and how I could work through them. And I think in every case scenario, I was like, if I'm really not happy, if I'm really not enjoying myself, I have the money to buy a flight back home. And I think that was kind of yeah. like the comfort in in all of it of maybe I don't know that much, but it's an opportunity for me to learn how to do this. And if I really mm. feel like I can't manage it, I can always go back. Mm-hmm. That's a really important part to know. If you feel like you can't manage it, there's always a way out. I think sometimes like we stop ourselves from making like big, drastic, adventurous decisions because we're like, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But it's like, you can always come back. Like there's always a way home, so to speak. <laughs> there's always going to be something. Where there's a will, there's a way, you know? So I'm glad that you did that. Um, That's amazing. And like, digital nomad, Diani, like... <laughs> Well, that um, digital nomad aspect has come later on because um, yes. the backpacking trip I'm referring to was end of 2019, early 2020. Um, mm. And the digital nomad aspect has kind of added on 2022, mid to late 2022, right. and now beginning of 2023. So there was some time in between that I was traveling in different ways and figuring it out. But I've now added that digital nomad Diani on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you talked a little bit about when you were, you know, when you kind of decided to, you know, go to India, when you decided to do it alone, the conversation with your family, but when did you decide that travel was going to be like just part of your lifestyle and that this was going to be something that you did long-term? Cause it's one thing to pack up and, you know, go to India. Like you said, you could come back and continue, but you, you said nah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really said nah. Um, <laughs> I'm, it's a really good question because I'd never had the intention for this to become my lifestyle. I think, like I said, it was like, Ooh. okay, four months, I'm going to get it out of my system. We're going to do India, Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, run out of money. I'll come back home and figure it out. And initially that was what I had planned. But I think as I started traveling, it kind of opened me up to this whole new world that I didn't know existed, that like people did this, people backpacked for years. People traveled this way for long periods of time. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. How can I figure out how to do this? And I remember being in Thailand, going into a cafe one day and sitting down with my computer, with my notebook and like actively being like, okay, what can I do to keep going to stay on the road longer? And I was looking at au pairing. I was looking at teaching English. And I did a lot of those things and dabbled in different things. Um, because my biggest goal was just to be able to make it keep going. But mm. I think it was the freedom of it all, the the constant newness, the new experiences, the meeting people that I would have never met from different countries, um, just seeing the world in a different way that really like opened my eyes to how much there was outside of what I had grown up with, how what I'd known my whole life. And it made me curious and eager to see and experience more. And so that was kind mm. of the driving force of like, I don't feel done yet. You know, there's still so much of the world that I haven't experienced and I need to figure out how to keep this going so that I can see more of it. Right. That's so cool. And I feel like, so do you ever find it difficult explaining to people the importance of travel and traveling or especially like to parents or family members from previous generations? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she um, said yes. <laughs> I think, I think, well, in the U.S., I think there's some like crazy high number of amount of people who don't have passports or who haven't mm. left the country. Um, because in if you think about it, the U.S. has a lot of different things. We have beaches on the coast. You can go to the mountains and go skiing. You can do a lot of different things just staying within the U.S. And it's different if you're in like Europe, for example, where you can easily get into different countries by a few hour drive crossing the border. Um, so you're able mm. to experience more. And I think Europeans specifically grow up with a culture of experiencing different places because it's easier to get to other places. Yeah, where it's so easy to move around Exactly, there. yeah. And in the US, we're hmm. a bit further removed and a bit less exposed. And I think therefore a bit less educated on the importance of experiencing those other things. And I think the way we live here in the US, like most people only get two weeks of paid vacation every year. And so they're not really gifted the ability to travel for long periods of time and explore a lot of the world in a deeper way. And so I think it's very limited for them. And so when I'm like, oh, I do this, this and this, they're really fascinated and curious, but also maybe don't fully understand it because they've never done that or they've never needed to, or they're kind of like ignorant and naive about different yeah. parts of the world. And it's right, truly right. like just a lack of education. And I try to educate people. There's a lot of stereotypes on about different parts mm -hmm. of the world. Um, but it's all based on like media we've consumed more than actual exactly. knowledge of what's going on in other places. Exactly. That's a really important thing. And I think the reason I asked you that question is because so I recently went to Mexico with one of my really good uh, girlfriends and where we're Nigerians. So traveling is something that is new to, you know, millennial Gen Z, previous generations. Unless you were sort of immigrating for greener pastures, quote unquote, you weren't really doing a lot of travel for leisure. Yeah. Right. And so she had called her mom and was like, yeah, you know, we're in Mexico, we're having a good time, da da da. And her mom's response was sort of, you know, you guys work so hard for your money. Like, why are you, why are you spending your money? Like, why are you wasting your money? Because that generation sort of seemed travel as you're either traveling to visit someone for a business, for work or something, right? Yeah. And so that's why I sort of asked that question because I think that our like millennials, Gen Z, we've sort of figured out that travel has so much more to it than just, hey, I'm just going to, you know, go like sit on the beach. Like you can do that too, but you're learning about cultures. You're like you're just opening your mind to so many different things and it's a really cool experience, you know? So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, I think too, us millennials and Gen Z's younger generations where we prioritize more enjoying life than we do mm, yes. the traditional of like, you have to get a job and you have to work hard. Like now it's like, I want to be in my soft girl era. Like I want to- yes. <laughs> leisure and enjoying and maybe my goal isn't to make tons of money but I want to live a life that I enjoy yeah. that I love and yep. so mm -hmm. like the priorities I think are different too absolutely and yeah because, I think that's what yeah, it is too yeah and because of that we're able to like look at our lives and be like okay what do I want more of okay maybe I want more travel and that wasn't an option for earlier generations especially coming from immigrant parents like that travel for leisure wasn't an option. And so mm -hmm. now we have that ability to look at our lives that way and see how we want to live it and if we want to travel and include more travel in it. 
and they don't understand that. But I think, yeah, but just just different different generations and different yeah, eras, different, different ways of life. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I really like about this time now. It's like we're we're doing like there are different ways of life. Like you can't say that okay, I'm gonna do this, do that, and save travel for my 40s or whatever. Like you can enjoy life. Like once upon it was like work hard now, live life later. It's like no, I want to live life while I'm working smart and, you know, travel. <laughs> right now, please. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I want to get into some terms that are sort of new to me. And that's honestly from just looking at your page. Um, you know, I think society has also kind of changed and travel has become a big thing. So we're hearing some of these terms. So the first is solo traveler, which you know, the name it's in, it's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that just means someone that travels regularly on your own. Yeah. Perfect. Anyone who's taken a trip, whether it's like a week or, you know, a few days, or even if it's in your home country and you've gone to like a different city, a few hours away, it doesn't have to be what I'm doing, like leaving fully and for long periods of time to call yourself a solo traveler. Anytime you take trips on your own, you're a solo traveler. Okay. Um, okay. Budget traveler. And this one I found interesting. Yes. So there's different levels to this because there's mid budget travelers, very extreme low budget travelers, you know, like people who have higher budgets. But I think for me, um, as a budget traveler, it's someone who tries to travel on the smallest budget possible. So I Mm. do a lot of things where it comes to saving on accommodations, a lot of the time, like I'll work on getting free accommodation. For example, my first two months that I was in Europe this summer for uh, July and August, I only spent a total of $400 on accommodations for two months. And wow. Yeah. Girl, yeah, that's budgeted. Yes. But I like intentionally went out of my way to make sure I was able to do that. And um, some of those things are like house sitting and volunteering and different couch surfing, different things, staying with friends so that I'm able to not have to pay for accommodations, which allows me a little bit more money for, you know, if I want to eat because I'm in Italy and I'm going to eat my face off or if mm-hmm. I want to do different adventurous things or different tours, um, it allows me to have more money for things like that. Or extreme budget travelers, like I have a friend who crossed the US and they did it with $0 like via bike. Um, so there's wow. people who can be like really extreme to it, who just travel with a tent and figure it out, who have a little bit bigger budgets. But for example, my trip that I did in Southeast Asia, those four months that I was traveling, I spent $3,000, which is fairly low budget. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good amount. Cause I'm thinking I've spent, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> you did great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, the final term, a digital nomad. And I know you said this is something that you've recently sort of added to your your work, your portfolio. So what is a digital nomad? We're hearing more and more about it. Yes. More people want to become digital nomads. So yeah, what is it? So basically digital nomad, you know what nomad means, someone who's like constantly moving around. So basically you're just adding the digital to that, which means you do some sort of work, sustain your lifestyle of moving around from your computer in some fashion. Mm-hmm. If you have a laptop and whatever work you do is, yeah, from from your laptop, which allows you to work and move at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So 
what countries did you uh did you feel like you had the best experience or success in terms of being a solo traveler i guess you can count like safety accessibility yeah, yeah. good question um places i felt i feel super comfortable in spain um mm. i also lived there for a while so there's a level of comfort in it because right. of that um but i feel really comfortable in spain i feel like it's fairly easy to get around i think a lot of people do know some spanish as like a second language um, right right i found it to be like digital nomad friendly where you can find um what's it called co-working spaces which is basically like mm. an office that you can pay either a membership or by the day to go and use and there's other digital nomads there um it's absolutely beautiful it's fairly inexpensive compared to maybe some other places in europe and in general i it's a place that i feel really really comfortable with another place that i've loved as a solo traveler and felt comfortable and safe was vietnam um mm. love vietnam it's so beautiful it's fairly affordable and it has a lot of contrasting um, landscape. So you can find like beautiful beaches, you can find big, exciting, vibrant cities, you can find mountains and the locals are super lovely. And so just in general, those are two major places that I felt really safe. But there's been lots of places where I've right. felt comfortable as a solo travel, solo traveler. Mm -hmm. um, and what countries were, did you feel like, your, you were able to really stretch your money. Like, so what, which ones were, I guess, really friendly for budget travelers? Yeah, I would say definitely Southeast Asia is friendly for budget travelers. Um, India, I think the first month I was there, I was volunteering um, at an ashram. So it was an all-female ashram and I was volunteering about 20 hours a week, like cooking and helping with laundry and cleaning and different things like that. So I stayed there for free for the whole month. Um, and then besides that, we like lived right near a beach with this cute little black sand beach, which was lovely. And we would hang out there during the day. And I think our only expense was really like food. And I think for the whole month, I maybe spent $200 like just to exist wow. and live there. <laughs> That's um, so good. Yeah. It was, it was really, really nice because you can get like, and I'm vegetarian, so it's super vegetarian friendly, which is amazing. And I was in the South in Varkala. It's called mm -hmm, Kerala okay. and you can get like a plate of food with different curries and non bread and all these things for like a dollar. And so it's super affordable. Amazing. The people were fairly lovely. I think they were a little intrigued by me um, mm. with hair and different things. And so they would want to yeah. come up and take pictures and like touch your hair sometimes. It wasn't an overwhelming amount, but um it's just something to be aware of. Like they're just curious about you. And right. besides that though, I found people to be super friendly and welcoming and very, very affordable. Hmm. Okay. So one thing that you, you've mentioned a couple of times that is really intriguing to me is you seem to, instead of having to pay, and this is where like that budget and budget traveling comes in, instead of having to pay, you're often trading like services. Like you said, you stayed at a place and you clean. Is that something that you offer to do or do people like ask you to do that so you like instead of paying like how does that work okay i'm gonna explain i love this okay <laughs> great because <laughs> i'm intrigued i'm like girl if i can wash some plates and not have to pay <laughs> but you can but you can okay i'll give you the little rundown so basically there are platforms which this is something you can do without platforms for example when i was in spain i had a friend who was volunteering at a hostel 
um, which Mm -hmm. with reception work, maybe like serving drinks at the bar, cleaning, things like that. And she was staying at the hostel for free in exchange for services. And I was going to go visit her. It was in San Sebastian, Spain. And I was like, oh, can you ask them if they need another volunteer? Like I'll stay for 10 days, whatever. And they said, yes. And this hostel was a bit more pricey. It was like $60 a night or so. And I spent 10 days there for free and I volunteered in exchange. That's more of a rarer case. You can go into hostels and be like, are you looking for volunteers? And they'll tell you yes or no. But there are actual platforms set up for finding things like this. So two major ones that you can use are Workaway and World Packers. Workaway Mm. I used on my first solo trip when I did three different volunteer things in Southeast Asia. So I did two in in India and one in Thailand. Um, And basically how it works is you go on the platform and people have um, their listings, I guess you could say. And it's like, for example, I volunteered in Thailand taking care of dogs, rescue dogs at a dog shelter. And it was, it's usually about 20 to 25, maybe 30 hours a week that you're offering. And they give you a place to stay. It can be different in every scenario there. For example, there was a little house that I shared with the other volunteers. There was like five of us. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're like in a dorm room. Sometimes you have your own space. It really depends. It can be different in every place. And sometimes they even include food where they're offered like one meal a day or breakfast and dinner. Um, So your expenses are fairly low. And I find these through using Workaway and World Packers. And it allows me to save a ton of money while traveling because your accommodations are covered. And often these places are a bit more remote. They're like in less touristy areas of a country. And it gives you an opportunity to get to know a country outside of where people would usually go and meet locals and different things. Like I did one in in Croatia recently on my recent backpacking trip. And I was in um, a city called Osijek. It was like super tiny. And I was in a town outside of that city. It was called Bilje outside of Osijek. And I would have never ended up there if it wasn't for volunteering at a dog hotel taking care of dogs. But I met these locals, this woman named Renata, she ran the whole place. She was hilarious and incredible and vibrant and a traveler herself. And we became like so close, best friends. And these are opportunities and things that never would have happened if it wasn't for volunteering. So it saves you money, but it's also new experiences um, outside of Mm -hmm. what you would usually experience. That's great. So what were the two uh, platforms? You said World Packers and what was the second one? I missed it. World Packers and Workaway are the two major ones. There's other ones for if you want to like do more farm work, then you Mm. can do Woofing is another one. But I think World Packers is more if you want to like volunteer in hostels and be in cities and meet other travelers that way. There's a lot of like hostel help that they need. And then Workaway can be like a variety of different things from staying with the family and taking care of the kids, from helping someone with a language exchange who wants to learn English, from taking care of animals to cleaning to a bunch of different options. so cool okay definitely gonna link those in the description and i will be visiting those platforms (laughs) but see like okay so this is my next question right because when i hear about budget traveling backpacking and me and you talked about this you know off mic 
it seems like it's not something that is put as like people of color activities or black people activities like we don't often backpack right so that's why i was like okay i want to have diani come on here and talk to us about this because this is different but this i feel like it's something that's really adventurous and that you should try at least like a couple of times in your lifetime but can for the women that are wanting to live you know like soft lives and be ladies of leisure can you be a budget traveler and still enjoy or are you like roughing it up Mm. <laughs> okay i'm gonna say i am very low maintenance in the way okay, that, that i live sense. my life yeah, yeah, yeah. and i yeah. know like i know okay because i want to travel as much as i do i know that there's mm-hmm. sacrifices involved with that and a lot of times right. your comfort is the thing that kind of gets sacrificed in order for you to save some money so yeah 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 so okay <laughs> i'm gonna be taking like i've taken like 16 plus hour long bus rides in order to not have to um in order to not have to like pay the extra whatever for a flight even though a flight would be mm. cheaper i mean faster and more comfortable i've opted for a longer bus ride because it saves me money now i don't think you have to do that everywhere because europe tends to be a bit more expensive but if you want to like budget but leisure travel in central and south america you 100 percent can because your money goes further so like maybe instead of staying in a hostel dorm with like 10 other people you can afford a private room and like still Mm. have a really comfortable nice experience because your money goes a long way and if you're able to work remotely at the same time you have so much Mm -hmm. more options because you have that money coming in and then you can enjoy leisure as well Okay, there we go. Balance. <laughs> yeah, there's options. It just depends on where yeah. you go. Right. Um, so the work aspect of it, right? And this is something I asked you, like, how are you able to fund these trips, girl? And <laughs> and now, you know, being let's actually start with that. How are you able to fund these trips? And then we'll get into the whole like digital nomad and how you started. Okay. I'll explain how I funded the trips before I became a digital nomad. Um, yeah. <laughs> so basically, I wanted to save a bunch of money for that first trip, for example. So I worked mm-hmm. like three different jobs. I was just doing all of the things yeah. that I could to save as much money as possible. Um, I hadn't gotten any job in my field. I had graduated my, with my degree in psychology, but I was nannying because I was getting paid cash and it was like good money. So I was nannying, I was like cleaning Airbnbs, I was doing like assistant work on the side, and I was just saving as much as possible. And because I was still paying rent and had other expenses, I was only able to save 3K. But then when I left for that trip, I spent that money, I came back with literally zero dollars um, <laughs> and needed, I thankfully the universe like was looking out and I found a job right away. So yeah, um, amen, love it. Yeah, Great. like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I found another nanny job right away. And that was actually Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. So I was super lucky that I was able to find that. Um, And that was also paid really well. And I was living with my dad at the time. So I didn't have to like pay any rent or anything, or I think I was paying him a little bit. So I was able to save and pocket a lot of that. And I had applied when I was in Southeast Asia to, an English teaching assistant position in Spain. And so my idea Mm. was like, I could save a bunch of money, I could go with savings, but I'd also be making some income at the same time. Um, So that was that setup. And I did that for like 
eight, nine months. I think I lived in Spain for a year. I also au paired and that was a little bit of money, but au pairs make nothing. So it wasn't mm. a ton. And then after that, I came back again, saved up money again um, as a nanny and saved up as much as I could. And then also that time was working on entering the digital nomad space. Um, so now, okay. so then I did Europe and I did that with savings slash doing some work. And then now I'm back in the States and my next trip is going to be through Central and South America. And that'll be fully mm. money that I'm making um, working remotely. Okay. So being a digital nomad, of course, we know that a lot of that is you have to work remotely. It has to be a remote job. So what are the job opportunities for like, like how did you start? Okay. Good question. Um, there's a few different ways to get to work to be a digital nomad. So you yeah. can like do freelance work, which is what I do. Mm -hmm. And I'll give more details yeah. on that. You can also mm -hmm. start your own business if you want to. You can take your current job if possible and make it remote if it's something that you'd be able to take remote or find a whole new remote job with the skills that you have and apply to different positions that are only remote that'll allow you to travel. Um, the way that I had started when I was living in Madrid as an au pair, I needed some extra money and I was teaching English classes online. I had gotten my TEFL certification, teaching English as a foreign language, and I was able to teach online a bit for a little bit of extra income. But I knew that that okay. wasn't something that I had wanted to do long term. And so when I came back home from Madrid and I was saving money, I was kind of figuring out like, okay, what do I want to do? And I had felt like I didn't have any skills because I had been a nanny. Um, but then mm. I started podcasting and learning more about podcasting and learning a ton about this space. And that kind of opened up the door for me to be like, okay, I've learned these skills. I've practiced them on myself. Now I can offer these things for other people. And I had started using TikTok more, making videos. And so one of the first jobs I did while I was in Europe was working with um, working with someone helping with their social media content. And I would like right. make their videos and post them for them. And I was just willing to do whatever like was coming at me. So I was like, yeah, we can do that. Um, <laughs> I had also did like a partnership with World Packers, one of the platforms I mentioned where they paid me to go to the experience, the World Packers volunteer experience and like share about my experience for social media mm. or whatever. Um, so that was a paid opportunity. And then now besides that, I've kind of focused more less on social media for other people and more on podcasting. So now I do like podcast editing for others. I do podcast management and for others, I do a little bit of community management too for someone else who okay. has a program. Um, I do some like UGC content for another travel brand. So it's really a mix of different it's things. It's coming together though. Like it's coming together. And I feel like there's like a sense of alignment, like travel podcast, you're able to do your digital nomad stuff that's related to podcasting and it's all on the go. Like it's coming together and that's really good. <laughs> did you, did you foresee this when you like kind of started traveling? Did you? No, that's, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, no. Girl, I remember like, wanting and be like I think the goal of course was for me to be able to make this happen and and travel and work at the same time that was the dream yeah. um but at that point I just didn't know how to make it happen and I think when I came back from Madrid I was just really intentional I was like okay I don't want to do this back and forth having to come back to the U.S. if I don't want to you know I want to come mm. back to visit family and friends but I don't want it to have to be to work a job I don't want to work what is it that right. I really want to do and I like 
sat down and got serious with myself. And I was like, okay, you need to figure this out. Yes, it's scary because you're stepping into a whole new space, but we got to figure this out. And so now like looking at what I've created and what I'm doing now and looking back, it kind of blows my mind sometimes where I'm like, Mm -hmm. have these moments of insane gratitude where it's like, you really stepped yeah. out and you made that happen and it's it's working like you said it's yeah, it's aligned that's it's amazing. working that's that literally like listening to this i'm like because girl lord knows i've been wanting to like you know podcast edit for other people and my thing is just time but i'm like she's doing it she's traveling she's on the go like it's yeah no keep going because you're doing such a good job thank like you, thank <laughs> you. it's not perfect yeah. but i think this might be a little woo woo and i'm very like universe okay, like, with us. I'm on yeah. the right path you know that's <laughs> yeah. so me um yeah but I think a lot of the opportunities that have come to me have literally showed up at me like I've done some I've gone on Upwork and looked a little bit but the clients mm-hmm. that I work with have been word of mouth or like people that I happen to reach out to and ask a few questions and then they came back to me like hey by the way like do you still offer that service um wow. so I've been really blessed honestly in mm-hmm. that area of just like I've put myself out there and I'm doing the work and I'm like showing up and then it's being mm. brought to me. Um, and right. it's, I, I know a lot of people who've been trying to make it work and and do it for a long period of time. They're like, how do you? And I'm like, honestly, I'm just I'm just grateful. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> like, you know, that's literally it. I'm just happy to be I'm not here. asking any questions. I'm just yeah, happy to mm-hmm. be here. But it did come. Yeah. I'm not going to say it wasn't as a result of like no hard work. Like it yes. took work. You know, I put that time in on my own podcast. I remember um, being I was a full time nanny and then like finding times throughout my day or at the end of my day to podcast or to learn how to edit or YouTubing things so I could oh. learn. Like there was a lot of time that went into yeah. learning the skills that now I can sit in front of a client and talk confidently. Like, I know what I'm talking about. I know how to help you. Exactly. I know what to do. But I had to mm-hmm. take that time to learn it myself. And so there was a there was a lot of work that was put into it. But mm-hmm. I think once you've put that work in, plus the alignment of deciding to go for it, yeah. that's when yeah. the magic happens. That's when the magic happens. I love that. Once you put the work in and the alignment happens, that's when the magic comes in. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, oh, thank you so much for like just all that you've shared your tips. How many countries have you visited so far? Um, that's a good question. I have a notes in my phone. I think like 25 by myself. Wow, that's good. I think I've done 25 solo. Um, 25 yeah. solo. How many in total? I think maybe there was only like one other country that I'd done with okay, someone oh else. God. So all, basically all of my travels have been solo. Wow. Okay, so that sort of brings us into, you know, my my sort of final question for this portion is any any tips, you know, tools that you have, more apps, more platforms for us. <laughs> like the girls want to travel and we want to do it safely. Yeah. Um we want to, you know, now we we got digital nomad options. We're working remotely now and there's hybrid. So, what are some tools and tips that you have for us? Yes. Okay, I love this question. Because I like sat down and like wrote down a few things. You wrote them? I did. <laughs> okay. I was like, I have, I have to tell them. Okay. So <laughs> one of the first things that I learned, um, this isn't like an app or anything, but when it comes mm-hmm. to a card, like a credit card or a, deb- no, a debit card to have for travels, I have right. a Charles Schwab uh, debit card account. 
And okay. that one is super valuable because you get all your ATM fees back at the end of every month. So mm. when you're traveling, like you're not carrying tons of cash on you all the time. So you're taking out money from ATMs and sometimes the charges can be absolutely nuts. So you get those charges back at the end of every month, which is, is really nice because not all cards do that. So that's a really helpful thing. Oh. I opened up a Charles Schwab account before I first started traveling. Um, okay, that's a, that's really cool. I'm gonna we're gonna have to look at the Canadian equivalent of that. You don't have Charles Schwab in in Canada. I don't really. I don't know. I have never heard of that. So I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, okay, yeah I'm gonna check have to look out. into that. I and if we do. do, then I will link it in the episode description because that is. That's crucial. Yeah, what? <laughs> absolutely crucial. I hope you do have it. If you do, definitely yeah. link it. And there has to be some yeah. sort of equivalent if you if yeah, there for is sure. a Charles Schwab. For um, sure. So another thing you can do is have an Airlo. It's an app, A-I-R-A-L-O. And this allows you to get an eSIM anywhere around the world. So like sometimes our oh. phones don't have plans that work in different countries. You can Yo. get like a five day, 10 day, 30 day eSIM in any country. And so you're still able to have data and use your phone while you're traveling. And it's fairly inexpensive and it's, you can do it all right from the app. So easy. So that one's so helpful. Girl, do you know that would have saved my life when I went to Mexico? Like racking up these data fees, <laughs> like come like. Oh, that's so good to know. I'm sorry, and now you, you know. Say, now I know. Ooh, this is good. See, this is this is why you're here. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to help. I was like, yes, okay. Um, Airlo is amazing. Another for budgeting. I think you and I talked about this one off air. A really really yeah. helpful app for budgeting and keeping track of your budget is Travel Spend. So mm. you can put in like a set budget for a trip. Say you're going somewhere for three weeks. You put like the place and the budget. And then every time you spend, you put that in and it deducts it from the budget that you have. It shows you how much you spend every day. It, it shows you how much you spent like on accommodations versus food versus activities. It fully breaks it down and it gives you a really good visual of where your money's going. And so you can kind of adjust if you're spending too much or, you know, maybe you can, you have a little bit more that you didn't spend and you can spend it on something else. And it's a really right. just helpful way to keep track of your spending while traveling. Mm, travel spend, another useful one. Okay, yes. okay. I'm liking this. Girl, you came prepared. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have like two two more. So another one mm -hmm. is Ozzy. This is a travel wow. safety app. And this mm -hmm. one's really cool because you can look at the map that they have. They have like safety maps. So if you put in a country, you like set up a trip that you're going to take Say you're going to, I don't know, Mexico, for example, and you're going to be in Oaxaca. You can put in Oaxaca and it'll show you different areas of the map that are like in red or in yellow based on safety. So okay. it's really helpful for solo female travelers specifically because if you're like, oh, I want to stay in this hostel or hotel and you look up on the map, like the area that it's in and it's maybe in one of these mm -hmm. red zones, then, you know, maybe that's an area that's like not as safe and that yeah. maybe you'd want to avoid. And mm -hmm. it's cool because if you put your location into the app while you're walking around in a new city, if you enter one of these zones that are maybe a little bit more safe or you have to be a bit more mindful, um, it'll mm -hmm. send you an alert. 
It's like, hey, just so you know. So it's not like you have to be constantly checking the app. Like it sends you a notification and you're like, okay. And so then maybe in those areas you decide to like put your money in a different place and it's not, you know, like you're just a bit more cautious of pickpocketing or different things. So it allows you to like take precautions rather than being reactive. Um, Mm. And I find it to be really helpful. So that one's called Ozzy Zero. zero. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) O-Z-Z-I. Okay, Ozzy. Okay. That one's really great. And then just for like accommodations, these are the last few things that you can use. Like I mentioned, the World Packers and Workaway. But Mm -hmm. another one is Trusted House Sitters. Um, And I used that when I was in Italy, Spain, and Portugal. And you can stay for free with at a house and you just have to take care of the animals so you sign up for account you do have to pay a membership um it's like 90 dollars for the year though so you make your money back really quickly um and basically you go on and you view people's profiles where they are in the world what they're looking for how long they're going to be away and you can apply and chat with them and if you guys connect it works out you can stay in their house for 10 12 sometimes more sometimes less days for free in exchange for taking care of their animals. Wow. So that one's Girl, cool. okay. Okay. <laughs> I um, like that. This was such a good practical list. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> that's why I was so excited to share it because it's actually like valuable things that we don't really know about unless you're talking to someone who can tell it, tell you about it. Yeah. Um. So I'm happy to share them. I think the last one is host a sister. Um, it's a okay. Facebook group, actually. And okay. it's a cool way to find people to meet up with and stay with around the world. Like maybe you're going somewhere for to Paris for a few days and you can put a message on host a sister. And it's nice because it's only women. So mm. you feel safer staying with other women. And you can put like, hey, I'm going to be in here these many days. Is anyone able to host me or meet up even? And so it's a cool way to connect with people from different places. Um, I use Hostel World for booking hostels because um, it gives you like a full list and it shows reviews, it shows ratings and like cleanliness scales, all of these things. So um, Hostel World is a really great place to search for hostels. And yeah, I think that's everything. <laughs> wow. No, those are really good. We'll be connecting once, you know, we sort of finish our episode and I'll be including the links to those in this episode description because those are useful for me. I know my girlfriends will be excited to hear that. So I'm sure listeners are excited. But um, no, thank you so much for sharing those. Those are so useful. I will be making use of the Aussie app for sure. And the one that helps you get the eSIM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, you know, we are done with that portion of our conversation, but uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We are, you know, this is the But What Do I Know podcast. So we want to end up on a light note and, you know, have a little fun with our guests. So I'm going to ask you four questions. And uh, without thinking too hard, just give me the first answer that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. I'm nervous, but okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got this. Okay. So the first one, I want to know, you know, what your favorite genre of music is. Hmm. Okay. I'm very much like a R&B kind of vibe. I yes. love me. I guess Kehlani, her. Yes. Like that Kehlani. is my energy. Mm, yes. Did you listen to her last project? Blue Water Road, I yes. think it was. Obviously. Queen. Yes, of course. Queen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Kehlani's great. Um, okay. Solo travel or travel with people? Girl. 
solo travel. <laughs> I was going to say, I put this question on before you told me that you did 26 countries by yourself and one with someone else. So <laughs> there was my answer right there. I have, though, like met people while I've been traveling and like we've traveled right, together. Right. I had a little romance thing in like Vietnam okay. with like Ooh. a guy, the Italian guy that I met. We traveled together for a bit. And so like that's cute. I've done it with people at times, but I think yeah. there's more opportunity to meet new people when you do it solo. Right. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Um, if you had to choose between a press and pause on your life, hit and rewind or fast forward, what button are we hitting? Oof. That's a great question. Pressing pause, hitting rewind. Mm -hmm. Or going fa fast forward. We're not going back. Okay, great. <laughs> we already did that. That's okay, done. great. <laughs> um I'm I would be excited to fast forward because I would want to see like what happens next? I right. feel like my future is mm -hmm. going to be really exciting. Um, yes. What would pause just like? Like you're, I guess you're just kind of here. Like you're just enjoying the present. Okay, no, we're going to go forward. <laughs> okay, great, great. <laughs> That's me too. <laughs> yeah, there, there's it. better okay. things up there somewhere. Yes. We're going forward. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I hear you. Um, And final question. I feel like I know the answer to this one. Heels or sneakers and why? girls sneakers i don't I do it. yeah <laughs> i don't do heels also, she can't be doing heels with all this travel come on like, i brought yeah. a pair with me on my most recent trip because it was going to be like during summer and i was like italy they weren't huge they were tiny Ooh, yeah. but i was like you know cute outfits something i did not even look at them i ended up leaving them with a friend that i met in spain because they were just taking up too much space in my bag i was not right. using them so I'm very much a sneaker. I think because of my lifestyle, I do a lot of walking and it's just mm -hmm. comfortable and I can't be bothered with heels. I can't be bothered. No, for sure. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. Uh, but yeah, those are all the questions. Girl, you answered those really well. And um, thank you for just all that you have shared, talked about. Um, I definitely took a lot of things away. Thank you for sharing all the tools and the apps. Um, so before I let you go, you know, just share with the listeners your socials your work, how people can connect with you and uh, keep up with your travel adventures. <laughs> of course. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. Yeah. I think I've been smiling this entire time. Yeah. Girl, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> this just felt like such a really fun conversation and I enjoy talking about this. So I was so happy to share. But if you want to hear more about travel or more about specifically remote work and digital nomad work, I recently did a little series on my podcast about different ways to do that that get more in depth and I interview different people. So if for remote jobs, there's an episode for freelance work, for running your own business, for um, taking time off work, like doing a little sabbatical, mm. different things like that. So definitely go check that out. Um, you can come find me out while she's away podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen. Um, on TikTok, I'm at while she's away and you can find me making a fool of myself and making fun travel related content um and then on instagram at while she's away pod so that's where you can come mm. hang out with me and if you have any questions ever about solo travel budget travel remote work anything i'm always 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 happy to talk to people so feel free to slide into my dms okay thank you so much this was so great thank you diani for being on this podcast episode we're gonna have to come back because this was too fun 
we might have to do an update once you've done you said you're doing latin in south america right once you're back we may have to do a you know like a little vibe check episode and see how that went okay i'd love to i'd be down thank you again for yes having absolutely me. thank you All right, so that is the end of this episode. Thank you all for sticking around and listening to my conversation with Diani as we talked all things, you know, travel, what it's like being a digital nomad, how to make money when you travel, and how to squeeze in travel, you know, even amidst our nine to five and our hectic lives. Thank you so much, Diani, for coming on, girl. This was such a good time, and you're definitely going to be back. Y'all, make sure that you go to show Diani some love on her Instagram page at While She's Away Pod. I will put all the information in this episode description so that if you have any, you know, questions or you want to get some more tips, you can definitely do so. Of course, you can keep connected with us at BWDIK Podcast. Diani's actually going to be doing an IG takeover on our podcast page. So you're going to get to kind of see what a day as a digital nomad is like, and I'm excited for her to do that. So we can definitely keep connected. So look out for that. Of course, you know, share the podcast with whoever you feel will enjoy it. Share with your community. Stay safe, drink your water, mind your business, and y'all will hear from me real soon. Bye for now.